Welcome back to another episode of Against the Mob Podcast, your favorite place to hear the charming ramblings of two favorite narcissists as we try to spread the message of liberty in this world. So today we decided to have one of our favorite guests back, a, cow- a crowd favorite. Uh, we wanted to talk to him a little bit about what he's been up to since the last time we've seen him, uh, maybe get into some current events in his space of politics. But more than anything, we just wanted to see Mr. Hangings back. We have the captain of the ship over at Public Hangings for Pedophiles today. And we've missed you, buddy. We wanted to have you on here and just see what's going on. What's happening, guys? So, yeah. So, PHFP, Public Hangings for Pedophiles. It has been a while. This is like, well, like my my third time? Third time? Three, I believe. Third uh, appearance? Three or four. Cool, One of, yeah. That's maybe awesome. Yeah, I think it's four. Because okay. uh, you, you were on a, you were on an orgy. I was about to say, I'm thinking three three solos. But, yeah, you've been on other episodes as well, I believe. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. Um. Dude, things have been great. Uh, I know Matt hit me up uh, on short notice, but I had to take the option. Uh, and I actually, I also appreciate what you said too, uh, Logan, about, I guess, being a fan favorite. I didn't know that, genuinely. I just didn't know that. Uh, but if that's the case, <laughs> uh, it is extremely appreciated. And I know that we have a lot of followers over from your side as well. So uh, that's helping. A lot of customers too. So that's it's super, super humbling. I appreciate that. And that's kind of the whole idea. I mean, that's the space we're trying to create as we bumble through this and and perfect our own art here. The reason we started this whole thing is to try to create this culture of liberty. And that's why we love you over there as we ran into you in this space and are like, oh, this is exactly the kind of thing we want to promote, somebody we want to bring into the circle and and try to bring some attention to you. So I'm glad to see that at least a couple of our guys have gotten to spend some money over there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Badass. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, usually I would take this opportunity to do an ad read um for for you, but since you're on, um, I will just uh I'll do uh I'll do I'll edit some in post and I'll add the start of the episode. So no reason to sit through, you know, plugging your <laughs> yeah. stuff because we're gonna you talk a little about little squirmy in your chair over there, Matt. Because uh, nope, you got not, the... <laughs> not at all. It's just uh, I feel like we're gonna, the ad read today. I feel, like gonna, I feel like we're gonna talk about enough that um I think that uh, the message will get across. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess uh, I guess a good place to start is uh, you have been running PHFP for quite some time now. Um, I know that you've recently made your Q1 donation. Um, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about the back end. Um, you know, I know that we've talked offline about what's been going on, but uh, fill everybody in since the last time you've been on. What's uh, what's going on with your organization? Yeah, absolutely. So actually, I think before that. Um, I want to I want to do like a, a better introduction of what PHFP is. Sure, I'm sure you have new followers as well. I know PHFP has new followers too. Um, we are an organization, and one of the few, if not the only, that I know of that takes 100% profit from anything on our store. 100% profit. I don't make any money off this, and I donate that each fiscal quarter at the end of each fiscal quarter to organizations that actually fight human trafficking. And what do I mean by that? Organizations that go after buyers, facilitators, sellers that go after and conduct uh, actual network and pattern analysis on these syndicates, if you will, uh, people who are conducting, whether it be uh, through cyber or right in real life, or or I guess in person, um, transactions of of kids, women, boys, men, uh, young adults, uh, anybody really. Um, and I go after pedophiles and rapists. So that's what we do. That's who we are. And I work a day job. So I, I don't make money off this. I don't uh, I don't profit off this. This is purely from the heart and just a way to be a catalyst in the fight against human trafficking. And it's, it's honorable. It's fucking it's cool. It's dope. I love it. I really do. As a, a 
nonprofit organization and not making a, a profit line at all, how do you then take any of that money and pay off the right politicians to make sure you get the, the governmental support for your organization? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the question. Uh, so, uh, no, no, we are absolutely, we are absolutely, um, yeah, I could say we, because uh, it's my fiance and I that run PHFP, for those who don't know. Uh, my seem to be wife's. Uh, so what we do, we uh, we're one hundred percent anti government. Uh, we just are right. We're anti government. We don't we don't see the government helping in this fight because anytime you look and you try to hold them accountable and follow the money, you have no accountability of the dollar. Uh, there's there's funds that are lost here, funds that are lost there. It's it's you always pull up these budgets and see, okay, I see X amount of dollars going to this agency or X amount of dollars going to uh, this effort or that effort, but the the numbers don't add up. And to be more specific on that, I guess, the numbers don't add up when you want to see where exactly the dollar goes, right? If an organization or if an agency gets, let's say, $1,000, well, you end up counting the dollars that were used and it's, okay, well, I see 500 were used. Where's the other 500 going to? And you get a lot of that that goes on amongst amongst these different agencies, right? I'm not going to go down, the, down, down that rabbit hole, but... Yeah, I, I said uh, that a little tongue-in-cheek, but that is the, the most popular of these nonprofits are the ones that make massive profits for politicians. <laughs> Those are the ones yeah. that do really, really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. And like, and it, it can get some leeway in some areas, uh, but it's just the, the, the private dollar... Uh, and I'm not speaking to capitalism, uh, but just privateering it and and doing it through volunteerism. It's just you get far more accountability, um, and it's just it's more efficient, it's more effective. Right, that money's it, coming out of somewhere. Yeah, because at that point you're not dealing with like the bureaucracy and the inevitable waste that comes with it. And it, and I know that um, as somebody that's like operates on the inside, I know that yes. There oftentimes I bet there's very nefarious, um, very shady things going on with dollars and they disappear and they perpetuate evil. Um, I also think that all you have to do is go to the DMV and understand just how inefficient the government really is. <laughs> and so that maybe that $500 waste isn't nefarious in its nature, but it is just the byproduct of the beast that is the bureaucratic system. And so when you take right. that $1,000 and you put it into the hands of a company like the of the ones that you're donating to, you know that those are going to be targeted dollars. And then at that point, $1,000 in the hands of a private company that has a very, um, I guess, like call it a broadly specific mission, um, you now know that those dollars are going to go far further than if you gave a government program $10,000, right? You just yes. know at the end of the day, because those people are going to be a lot more um, responsive to direct feedback from the people that support them, right? If you have, if you have an organization and it's like, Hey, what'd you guys do with that thousand dollars we gave you? And they kind of Oh, uh, exactly. It's like, okay, you guys don't get a thousand dollars anymore, but the government doesn't operate on those same lines. And so it's awesome to see the real effects of what happens when you put capital into the hands um, to, to direct energy in a private matter. Yeah. Heck, I absolutely. would even say especially if, you, nonprofit, even if you were on the, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, especially with nonprofit organizations that are 501 organizations, mm -hmm. a lot of oversight uh, because it needs Exactly. Yep. There needs to be transparency in it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then not to mention that, you know, the federal government has this, like this bottomless pool of something called taxes. So they just keep going further and further into that. $4.7, uh, $4.7 trillion collected in 2022 of taxes. Jesus. Anyways. It's not nearly enough. We still have uh, child trafficking. We got to go ahead and up that number a bit. No, I think even, yeah. I mean, with a problem like this too, <clears throat> even if you are on the opposite side of this argument, you think you do need the apparatus of the state, the, the oh, large okay. hierarchical system to address an issue this large. I, sorry. I, both, you when know, you said opposite the side of it, I was like, um, the side that is like pro-human trafficking? I was just... I, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought I was that too at first, and I was like... I was curious where you were going with that. I meant uh, the opposite side of the perspective of how to fix human trafficking. I should <laughs> specify a little better there. Uh, even if you think this large apparatus of the state is needed in order to to tackle something as large, they have money. They have the apparatus. They are trying to address this, supposedly. You can also still give to these private networks like this that are going to go on and and try to also help the problem. What is the issue of having both, I would suppose? As, like I said, especially with a, a issue this large, I don't think there's anybody that's like, uh, oh, no, we should maybe put all of our eggs in one basket or, or lessen the load that we're putting towards this. I think so to answer that question, um, I think the issue resides in the lack of accountability and the lack of transparency on the government side. That's that's a huge issue for me. That's that's the biggest issue that I have with government is the lack of accountability anywhere, right. anywhere within the government. I was about to say it extrapolates way past this this yeah. scope. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so and then the great thing about volunteerism and every example of charity work and every single example of of privatizing something you you get efficiency or at least far more efficiency than what the government's going to have right you get less whole uh, less less hoops to jump through right you get streamlined processes right to to get to an end state right no matter what the end state may be for for a company compared to a government entity um so that's that's the issue uh that i have personally and i'm sure there's many others if you guys start you know rambling off some but um, but for myself, that's that's my answer to be. Yeah, that's right. If uh, if somebody in the private market is unable to obtain the goal they set out to see to get, they get smothered by the competition around them, and somebody takes their place. But in a government right. setting where it's monopolized, if they don't complete the goal, they either throw more money at it or open up another agency adjacent to it, and it just continues to exacerbate the way they spend your money. Right. Absolutely. And then and then I guess diving further into the the economic philosophy of it with capitalism and i'm talking pure capitalism i'm not talking cronyism and corporatism right with pure capitalism it's a self-regulating economy right if a company does bad people and the dollar which consumers are voting with they're going to favor the better company or they're going to favor the better product or the cheaper product or whatever it may be right but the pure capitalism uh is going to self is always going to self-regulate itself with with a free market economy it's just it's 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 just the way it is. I don't know how else you know to 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 break that down. Um, yeah, a great very... book for people to read. I was going to say a great book for people to read. It would be uh, the Wealth of Nations. Read about that. Read about the uh, the Dutch Indian Trading Company, the uh, the the English Indian or East Indian uh, Trading Company, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's a lot of other books out there too, but but that's a good start. Yeah, the Wealth of Nations is a hard book though to get through. To be honest, it it's, it's one of those things that it was. I actually had to download it as an audiobook to get through it the first time, so then I could go back and reread it. And it, it was a lot easier because I tried to read it through the first time, I couldn't get through it. It's just so 
mind-numbing and um it really I, is boring is I, I think boring is a fair word for it but uh <laughs> if uh in in a lot of ways so um I, if you have trouble like getting through books like that, I do recommend audiobooks. Uh, if you can, yeah. if you can learn that way. Um, yeah, yeah, the no, original but, copy is like a series of like five books. It's it's not easy by any means. And then to no. make it worse, it's it's written uh, as like as like English. In, it's written in English jargon because like, I and, and I think the reason for that I might be wrong on it, but I'm pretty sure it's because the author I forgot his name. Adam, but Smith. the author. Yep, was he was just speaking and pacing back and forth and whatever they call like their living rooms back then. And he had somebody typing it up for him because he had such a problem with writing himself. He felt it was much easier to just speak on the matter. Uh, and so somebody was there just copying how he was just, you know, casually speaking to it. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that that's how that book was made. Um, it actually yeah, and makes, I bet that guy was a, a lot, a lot sense, of fun though. at a party, huh? If he could just oh. ramble off five volumes. <laughs> I'm, sure he was, I'm sure he was the everybody's favorite yeah. guest. Yeah, dude. Like, totally nobody, like, oh, great. Uh, you invited so Adam again? Uh, nobody hey, Adam. Adam huh? What's up with that guy? This fucking guy. <laughs> I don't mind you guys doing coke, but don't let Adam see it. He's, uh, he's going to talk forever. <laughs> He'll never shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they, like heroin great. back then too <laughs> they probably had something no, similar heroin, to it um yeah so no that's that's really awesome i do i do you've always been somebody that uh that i've admired uh just because you are somebody that's walked the walk and you're you know you're sticking you're sticking your neck out there to actually make meaningful changes and, and i know a lot of people um even like liberty-minded people are not immune from this so so often we fall into the platitudes and saying clever catchphrases and talking the talk. But if you start to examine the life, you know, um, it doesn't back up. And that's, I know that's a lot of like reasons that people have with like uh, religion is that there's a huge disconnect between what people talk about and then what they do. I know that there's a huge, I know that's like uh, as somebody who has a lot of non-liberty love, like not even like liberty loving. It's like, they're just like, they're like, Oh man, libertarian, you know, they love to kind of mock me about it type things. It's like, People that don't prescribe to these particular sets of beliefs, oftentimes they can, it's very easy, right? Like any group, um, if you're talking the talk, but you don't walk the walk, they will instantly write off everything that you have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that recently. Cool is something that requires reciprocation from the crowd. So you, you're never going to be cool if you're trying to be the free thinker in the eyes of the public, because you're not part of this overall culture that's been built, the homogenized society. If you have views outside of that, you don't get to be in the cool crowd. You kind of have to be <laughs> the libertarian <laughs> dork. <laughs> and I'm yeah, okay with become it. the underdog. <laughs> I'm all right with it. So, uh, so yeah, I guess uh, tell us, uh, who did you make the uh, Q1 donation to? It was Operation Lightshine, correct? Yes. Yeah, Operation Lightshine. Uh, uh, I believe they're prior special forces. Um, and they like most of the other organizations that we donate to, they actually work with uh, local state and federal law enforcement. Uh, they help train them. They help help them capture pedophiles and help them bust rings. Um, and they're, they're one of the smaller organizations. And I hope this, this donation was able to help them, uh, but they were super appreciate, appreciative of the donation as well. Uh, and their thank you absolutely goes out to the customers of PHFP. Um, yeah. Really cool organization. Definitely check them out. Uh, they got some good things coming as well too. Very cool. So I guess the um I guess to zoom that question back is how do you find 
the organizations that you end up donating to? Um, is it, is it, uh, do people send you links and Hey, maybe you should know about these. Is it research on your end? Um, yeah. Like how do you, how do you find groups like operation light shine? So all the above, uh, operation light shine was actually, um, given to me by a follower uh, they actually wrote it up um and told me about like hey like this organization does really good things you might be interested in them um if i feel like i'm running out of organizations which i feel like i kind of am on the end of that of that right there uh you know just running out of like good organizations because the problem is that not every organization uh goes after human trafficking you know you you find more organizations that want to put that money into holding webinars or holding um, like seminars, you know, going to like uh, different departments and just teaching them or giving training and all that's important, right? Nothing against that, but I want to see more than that, right? If you're going to say you're going to fight human trafficking, how exactly are you fighting human trafficking? How are you going after the traffickers? How are you going after the facilitators? What are you like, what are you actually doing about like, okay, like educating is great, but in my eyes, like, I kind of see that like, you know, oh, pray for Paris. All right. Well, I mean, praying is great, but like, what are we at? actually doing for that or you know hurricane right. victims oh pray thoughts for prayers. wherever this hurricane hit right yeah you know thoughts and prayers like cool that's great you know but what else are we actually fucking doing about it and i mean something i always say right i'm always saying be about it but i don't just say that just to throw out that fucking catchy phrase you know like i truly mean that if you're gonna fucking you know advocate for something well fucking be about it right where's the actual work being done right where where are the boots on ground actually uh being a solution to the problem, you know, not just, not just speaking on behalf of the problem, you know? And so people will uh, bring up these organizations to me or I will, will find organizations and I go about finding organizations by, you know, let's say Thorn, for example, right? Thorn's a pretty big one that people know about or, or our, all right. Uh, I'll go onto their account and something as simple as going into who they're following, right? Because, because mm. these organizations are going to follow other big organizations or middle tier, low tier, whatever it may mm. be. Right, but they're going to follow other organizations that are involved in the fight, and I find someone that looks catchy, or I find something with a you know a nice name that's eye catching, uh, like Operation Light Shine, for example, uh, and I'll look into that, and I'll go to their website, and then I'll see exactly where they're putting, uh, where where they're putting their money, right, um, making sure that they're just not talking to talk, but walking the look, and I'll I'll exploit that company, and, and if they're five hundred one, I'll try to read a lot of those records, and I'll try to see like okay, well. How much of a lot of these funds are going to the, let's say, staff or the executives of the organization compared to how much might be going to resources or how much is going into, you know, maybe traveling expenses? Oh, well, if I see a lot of money going to traveling expenses, right, well, they're probably, they're probably really going down in that country. You know, flights aren't expensive. Hotel stays aren't, you know, aren't, aren't I'm sorry, flights aren't cheap. Uh, hotel stays, you know, aren't cheap, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll, I'll, take, I'll take an analyst dive into that. Um, for those who don't know, also I'm a prior analyst, so researching, getting into the nitty gritty is just something I enjoy genuinely, especially on the work that PHFP does, because I know that that work is going to go tenfold into, into knowing that the money is going to go to the right place, you know? Uh, so yeah, that's, that's all so I'll go about. Heard it. Finding these heard it here first guys. If you're wanting to get your vigilante career going out there and you want to really be hands-on with these pedophiles, maybe get a website and hit PHFP up. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, do it, right? Get into a career with IT, like his ethical hacking degrees out there that you can do, you know, certs and certifications, you know, that you can get, or just be a freaking analyst, you know, and you can do a lot. You can do a lot. The skills that you learn, um, you can, 
you can get into the fight against human trafficking in so many ways. You know, you don't just have to donate, you know, a, a box of hy- uh, you know, hygiene supplies to your local shelter or something like that, you know, to help survivors, you know, or just donate money. Like if, if you truly want to be about it and truly want to get into a fight, there are plenty of skills out there that these organizations can utilize and uh, to help meet that end state. You know, or if you're prior military, right, if you're prior uh, like special operations or if you're prior law enforcement, you know, prior SWAT team, maybe, you know, uh, they a lot of these people, you know, a lot of these organizations, correction, like these people, you know, to, you know, if you want to continue pulling triggers or, you know, actually going out there, rounding people up, you know, like, like that's but that's not the only way to do it. And neither is, you right. know, just donating money, you know, like there's this plenty of like tech savvy jobs out there or or um like Intel based, you know, jobs out there that, that the average person can start getting into at an entry level and just work your way up. Yeah, that is one of those things that I think a lot of people don't truly understand when you start talking about large apparatus that have a large mission, so to speak, is that there are so many support roles and those support roles are vital, right? Like you don't get to like, you know, operators don't get to just be operators unless there's at least 10 people for every operator on the back end that isn't kicking down doors and pulling triggers. And I learned this um, last summer when we had the big fire up in my area. Um, I didn't have my wildland firefighting card yet, but I still wanted to, you know, but I still was connected enough that I spent like a whole day cloning radios. For, so it's like new, uh, like <laughs> the new fire teams roll in. We're all operating on these other frequencies. So I just like spent a whole day cloning radios, you know, and it doesn't seem like it's a, it's a very important job, but all of a sudden when you realize, oh, wait a minute, now that there's like 4,000 people in this area and they can all talk to each other in some degree or another because there are people like me sitting at a table cloning radios when they walk in, right? It's very, like, yeah. it's not a, it's not yeah, a glamorous yeah. job. You're not a hero for doing it, you know, but, uh, what's up, Logan? One of you guys, just for the, the viewers, break down cloning radios. I have a contextual idea of what it is because I've heard you say in the past, but if I'm foggy on it, I'm sure there's at least one person listening that doesn't Oh, so it's like, um, so you, uh, you program the frequencies that you're going to be operating on. So you have like the master radio and it has all of the channels. So channel one is going to be on this frequency. Channel two is on this frequency, three, four, five, yada, yada. And, it, and it's a very specific frequency on which those channels are going to be operating. And you just uh, stick it in there and it literally, you know, downloads and boop there you go you know you just hand it off and it's like and it's not a like it's not a it's not fast-paced job it's like you're literally just sitting at a desk as all of these dudes roll in right yeah and but at the end of the day it's like that's a hugely important role and if you don't have people sitting there cloning radios well then how do how does you know this team talk to this team or how does this team relay information back to headquarters about the change in winds right that this other team needs to know because they might be going over the ridge and I'm a little they, bit more of a lone wolf firefighter myself. Absolutely. So I'm sure you get a lot done that way, you know, <laughs> I'm sure, you, but it's, I, I only use that as an example, like firsthand being on the, like the back end boring side of it, where it's not glamorous. It's not exciting, but at the end of the day, it's like, it is a job that needs to be done and doing it actually does move the needle forward to the overall goal, but it's not like I don't have a passion for that. In fact, I would like to avoid ever having to sit at a table and clone radios all day again, but that job needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I dig it. That was a good one. That was a really good question. (laughs) That's a good point. There's always a a larger and something with human trafficking too. I mean, it's like the amount of people 
we have to have our eyes on to keep everyone safe from human trafficking is something that's going to require us to basically have a culture that fights human trafficking. It's not enough to have an organization or any, any small, uh, even group of special forces that are extremely uh, skilled in the the things they do and know how to track people down and know how to look for the right thing. I mean, it, it's something that it just takes one person around the wrong person who's not being protected, the one innocent person to to be swept up in this. So it it's a large, large undertaking, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Another big thing, too, is that, like, you know, since 2020 and COVID-19 and, you know, lockdowns and all that shit, um, a lot of it has gone to the cyber realm of, of the crime, you know, uh, like, and here's an example, like, you know, the whole conspiracy behind the the, the well the wayfair furniture fiasco that was going on i remember that uh, i believe we spoke yeah yeah i actually think we spoke about it on a previous episode briefly um but you know just using that as an example when you see those outrageously large prices for a filing cabinet or you know a nightstand or whatever you know they had um and then then you know for the description or for the name of the item it's a name that directly reflects you know a name of a child that was on the missing persons list you know that the national center for mission children you know push out you know so like it's as an example uh you know a, a lot of it a lot of the crime has moved to the cyber realm of things um so there's there is plenty plenty of job openings for it nerds right for computer geeks you know to to get in on this fight you know that is wild to think because i mean that is seems like an indication of a and obviously we know there's a network of this going on. Sex trafficking doesn't happen. I mean, I guess you could have one pimp that's sex trafficking one woman, but for the most part, we know that there are these large organizations functioning out there. But when you see things like them having basically online ordering systems and who knows how deep that goes online delivery systems, do they have grunts that are willing to to take children and, and women and I guess even young boys to, to these people and, and deliver them like you would a, a duvet at the end of your bed? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's actually exactly what freaking happens. Um, and and the U.S. is so easy to just move people around because we have the Eisenhower interstate system that's mm-hmm. literally designed to make traveling easy. Uh, San Antonio, for example, where where PHFP is out of, um, we have we have three major interstates here: I ten, which you know takes you from Cali to New York, or sorry, from uh, from Cali to Florida, right? We have I thirty five and I thirty seven, which takes you all the way down to the, to the third coast. Right. And all the way up to, you know, the northern states. Um, yeah, it's it's that's exactly how it's done um, when individuals are being trafficked and moved. Nope. Probably even a better system. I didn't ever really think about that until you said it just now with the highways, but a lot more discreet for moving somebody you've kidnapped, I would imagine, in a vehicle where there's nobody else in the vehicle versus like a, a European country that has more of a train based transportation system. It's probably hard to lug people you're trying to traffic onto a train with two tickets and and go somewhere than it is to throw them in the back of a truck and lock the door. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And and let's not also uh, be naive to the fact that, you know, it, it happens in the home as well. Uh, the, and this is actually more of what happens is that it's typically a family member that will human traffic, you know, a, a younger family member or another family member. Um, you see it, aunts, grandparents, uncles, uh, men in the family, women, in the family, siblings, uh, they can introduce human trafficking, you know, if there's, you know, turmoil in the family or financial struggles, 
you know, that they're, they're, the younger kids are probably more inclined to go into prostitution, go into sex work. Um, yeah, there's, there's all different ways that human trafficking occurs. It's, it's a lot. It's thickening. Yeah, that was one of those stats that kind of blew my mind because even if you extend it out from just the family, right, isn't it like, and I can't remember the exact number, but it, uh, a large portion of victims are trafficked by somebody that they know whether it might not be an immediate mm-hmm. family member, but it is somebody that like, it's not, I'm, I'm sure. And I know that the, the random, you know, nabbing happens. Um, I know that the, you know, the snatch and grabs happen. I was just like random person, wrong place, wrong time, but it's, it, it follows the same pattern as most crimes. Most crimes are committed by people that know the victim, right? Murder, right? You usually don't yeah. have to go. That's why they have such a hard time catching serial killers because there's no direct motive, right? Because most of the time murder, you can, it's one degree of separation and it's usually pretty easy to find, uh, you know, like all of those type of assaults and batteries and um, most crime, you're right. They're committed in a very small range. And that one, and it's one thing to, I'm not here saying like, I don't know how somebody couldn't murder, like, you know, uh, like, but it it seems absolutely wild. And it's a depravity of which I have, I can't even comprehend in which you would be willing to do that to somebody. Like, I just can't, I I really can't wrap my mind around it. Yeah. To imagine doing it to a person in general seems horrific enough, but to to do it to a family member. Somebody that you know. That's dark. Really yeah. dark. Yeah. Human trafficking sometimes doesn't even involve moving a child around, you know, or moving the victim around or survivor, I should say, right? More more correctly. Um, yeah. People think that trafficking is most of the time, you know, involving a motor vehicle or involving, you know, uh going about moving a survivor somewhere or a victim, right? If they die in the process. Uh, but yeah, a lot of times it's you know, in the home, in the home that you gotta be worried about and amongst the community you know, the customer base. So that's actually really interesting. I wasn't even kind of aware of that. So what you're saying is that oftentimes, not often, but sometimes that there's actually no, like I'm not taking them from one city to another. I'm not like snatching them from the home. They are still kind of forced to live a normal life, right? They're still in their home. They're still, but now, but they're on the side on the weekends or late nights, they're being moved around, and it's the community that's actually doing it. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. No, no, no. So what I'm saying is like, all right, let's say grandma, you know, is getting money from so-and-so because they're really interested in her granddaughter, right? Mm. Granddaughter's living with grandma uh, or grandson's living with grandma, right? It goes both ways. Uh, that child lives a normal life. I'm talking about all, all, all intensive, right? Outside. Right. Of the, yeah. Normal. Like from the outside. Right. You know, like, yeah, from the outside, right? They still go to school. They still drive the school bus or get on the school bus um you know they still have their their after school activities you know like they they go back you know the grandma's house uh have like you know a typical kid's room right um yeah so like from the outside lens or from the outside you know optics of it yeah the child may look uh like they're just living a regular child's life you know if you're not if you're not keen on the indicators of human trafficking all right or or a lot of the the uh indicators of behavior that a child might be displaying um, and overlapping indicators, right? Because it's usually never an indicator by itself. It's a series of indicators that will set you off to what you might think might be human trafficking. Um, and then, you know, it's amongst the community because, right, they coordinate it with grandma and, you know, every night they come over uh, and grandma makes her cut, 
You know, human trafficking is far more profitable than any drug that's ever going to be on the market. It's, it's, mm. you're using a child over and over and over again, and not just children, right? Young adults, adults, um, men, females, or anything in between, if you look at that spectrum too. All right. Uh, so, but like what I, my, my point being is that, you know, it's, there is no demographic that human trafficking belongs to. And a lot of times it's run out of a household and it could be a, the chief of police. It could be somebody on a school board. It could be somebody, uh, you know, the local judge. All right. The, the, the garbage truck driver or the garbage truck, you know, waste services, you know, it could be anybody. All right. Human trafficking doesn't belong to any set demographic. Um, yeah, it's, it's bad, you know? So I, Again, I guess going back to the point as to why, you know, it's not always involving a motor vehicle. It's not always involving transporting and moving somebody around. You're human trafficking uh, someone by just keeping them there, you know, in place. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. I definitely took trafficking and, and traffic is the same, but I guess trafficking is more the the move of goods, which doesn't necessarily have to be a physical moving of. It, it's a temporary absolutely. ownership in this case. Yeah, yeah, I definitely didn't yeah. know that. Like, traffic, no. traffic is for moving commerce, right? I mean, when you right. think about it like that, and you think about it like a like a dollar, right? It's you traffic a dollar, right? Well, that's, right. that's what you're doing. You're trafficking this victim uh, or survivor if they survive, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. So you also mentioned in there uh, talking about indicators when you're you're having things that pop up. Do you have some examples of these indicators, or at least somewhere that we can? point viewers to find indicators to educate themselves on what they should be looking for in their own neighborhoods? Yes. And so, so in, indicators could be a lot of things. It could be a combination of depression. It could be a combination of um, maybe someone or an individual, let's just say child, right? It could be a child that is over, I don't want to say over mature. It, it, like someone who like he's dressing, right? I don't want to say provocative either, but you guys get what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. uh, very, very exposed, you know, to your skin or uh, someone who's getting picked, let's say a child getting picked up from school every day by a different adult, right? That could be an indicator. Mm-hmm. It could be somebody, let's say someone who is traveling. It could be someone, uh, let's say, you know, a particular girl that you happen to see over and over again, going to a local bus stop, like a Greyhound bus stop or Amtrak station. And it's, they don't ever have ID on them. And, you know, they look like they haven't taken a shower in a few days. And, you know, that could be also with somebody who is a different adult each time, right? But tickets are already purchased, you know, and you just got to show up and, you know, show them a ticket. Um, hold on one second. Let me, there you go. Sound set. <clears throat> you know, so that could be, that could be a good example of different indicators stacked on top of each other. All right. So um, it could, it could be all kinds of things. It could be a low income family, right? Uh, financially, they are very low on a totem pole, and maybe now you've introduced drug use, and now that drug use is a catalyst into sex work, right? So now you have those combination of things as well uh, that could definitely be indicators of uh, maybe you know this person getting into a lot of trouble recently, but their grades were really good before, you know, and they were outstanding, and you know things are going good for them, you know. So you think, but then you start seeing these indicators, you know, rolling in, all right, getting into trouble, you know, dressing a certain way, style is changing. Right. Absolutely different. Getting picked up by somebody different at school, you know, each day. Um, but those, I mean, that's just a few. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, and when you also look into human trafficking, as far as like what makes a scenario human trafficking, I want to pull it up because I want to have the right verbiage with it. So just bear with me. I'm going to look it up real quick. You're good. I imagine, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I get a little bit of paranoia about it. I'm sure you just 
are off the rails staring at people in public and that sketchy guys walking up behind me. <laughs> Imagine you being immersed uh, in this world and especially with your military background. I mean, you're, you're probably well, I mean, pretty tuned up. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I am, uh, I'm overstimulated by it. Uh, it's, it's kind of just, I guess like a norm to just like keep my head on the swivel, you know, and, you know, understand my situational awareness, you know, and that could be something as simple as not walking from my car to the store with my head in my phone you know, or crossing a road with my head in my phone, just simply, you know, the phone goes in my pocket. I'm, I'm aware of my surroundings, you know? Um, and just being a good human, you know, helps with that too, you know? And a good example is like, you know, just putting, you know, keeping your head on the swivel and having situational awareness, you know, is something that's just as good as, you know, putting your cart back, you know, into the cart rack, you know, when you're done shopping, you know what I'm saying? Taking that extra step to just be uh, civil about how you conduct yourself. Well, taking that extra step about being vigilant, you know, or all those other buzzwords, you know, can simply be, you know, putting your phone away and just keeping your head on the swivel as you're walking from your car to the store, you know, I'm saying to the front doors, uh, as an example, you know what I'm saying? So it doesn't really take someone to be, you know, have this, uh, this feeling of, uh, hyper alertness, you know, like it's, someone doesn't need to do that or to, to feel that way in order to feel like, you know, they're being alert to it. Um, but just simply like keeping your head or keep your head up, you know, your eyes up, you know, can, you'll, you'll be surprised by how much you see, you know? there's a whole world out there yeah yeah there's a whole world out there (laughs) yeah especially if like you live in like those southern states you know up against the border you know or or if you live in a you know high crime area you know and and if you live in a high crime area right you know what areas those are you know like you know if you're if if you're from the projects you know you're you're from the hood like you know you know what the hood is you know like I, i don't have to go into that you know but if but again like it happens everywhere so just because you know like kind of like drug use you know drug use happens everywhere you know it's just they go about it in different ways and you're going to know what the atmospherics are based on where you're living and if your head is not you know not always in, in, in your phone right you'll you'll know the indicators you'll know what looks out of the norm you'll know what looks you know odd you know for your surroundings um all right. and now but that being said going back to the definition of human trafficking it is the unlawful act of transporting or coercing people in order to benefit their work or service, typically in a form of forced labor or sexual exploitation. Um, and so, but the big things are coercion. Okay. I guess that wasn't the problem. <laughs> I'm over here talking and trying to do this at the same time. Uh, my apologies, guys. All good, my apologies. I'm all over the place. We all are. Okay. All right. And this is from the Blue Campaign. This is from... Uh, Department of Homeland Security. Uh, this is what their definition is. Um, human trafficking involves the use of, there you go, fraud, uh, for, fraud, force, and coercion to obtain some some type of labor or commercial sex act. That's what it is. It's the use of uh, force, fraud, and coercion. Uh, and if if you have any combination of those those three uh, or two, which could very easily you know lead you to believe that you know the third one's there. Um, you will have human trafficking, you know, or you will have something that resembles human trafficking and get you down to the bottom of it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all buzzwords we like to use for uh, explaining our, how the government works when we talk about it. Interestingly enough, right? <laughs> no kidding, dude. No it's freaking amazing kidding. How, yeah. It's amazing how the force, they fraud, are. and coercion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it makes you it makes you wonder. But before we like jump down, because uh, I know there's like so many like conspiracies that we could just run off of right there. I guess another question, like a question of your soul, 
and your spirit, because this is always a heavy topic, right? There's never like, I know that we were, we were having a great time laughing before we got on, but as soon as we start talking about this, it's uh, you know, the mood definitely shifts. So how do you, how do you keep your soul insulated from this? How do you like, have you noticed, like, do you take it home with you? Um, Or have you developed a way to, you know, walk in this world of darkness, but not let it absolutely consume you, so to speak? I think it, uh, man, it's going to be different for everybody. So, I mean, speaking for myself, it's, you got to have that mental switch, you know? Um, For example, it's like, if you know, if you're a drill sergeant, you know, some drill sergeants are really good at, you know, going into work. They hit that switch on, you know, that drill sergeant switch. But as soon as you go home to their kids, you know, it's, it's you know, I'm dad or I'm mom, you know, and you hit that switch. And it's like, all right, family, you know, family switch. Um, you know, or maybe somebody with PTSD, like, you know, like, you know, you struggle. But, you know, if you're around your kids, you know, you're going to hit that switch. Like, it's, you know, that's that's not the priority in the moment. Um, knowing Knowing when to turn on, you know that that like analyst mode if you will you know start going into it or you know it's or like kind of like running the business or like you know how maybe how someone will run their brand you know what i'm saying like you you wear those different hats like a ceo hat or your chief executive officer hat your chief financial officer your chief marketing officer right you need to know when to put those different hats on or when to hit that switch you know for each one you know i can't be a cfo you know but or a chief financial officer um but expect to you know be the chief operations officer Right. It might hold me back. Well, I mean, like, it's not the time, you know, if I'm trying to do operation to hold my finance hat, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> that's that's going to restrict me from getting the job done, you know, and putting on my my operations hat, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's it's knowing, it's just, it's just being good, being very self-aware, being very in tune with yourself and um, I guess knowing how to regulate and control your emotions too, you know, that, that plays a big part in it also. Because you're right, like, it is very somber, you know, it does, it is very dark. It's the nature of it. Kids are getting fucking raped. There's no fucking nice way to, you know, to make that. You know what I'm saying? And I think if you are trying to make that nice, like you're, you got something fucked up and wrong with you too. Like it's it, when it needs to be discussed, it's with the utmost seriousness. You know, it's you need to protect the children. You know, and that's that's what we're talking about here. You know, that's nothing to take lightly. You know, but yeah, it's it's going to be different for everybody. You know, but you can't just you know go into different things or other realms of your life. You know, other hobbies and take that with you. You just need to know when to when aware of that do you think that um your military background helps with that i think i think it did i could see that yeah i could definitely understand that um being a leader in the military helped to do that right when i was a sergeant you know back in the army uh the job that i had being an analyst you know helped that as well you know doing uh being being, being an uh, intelligence analyst that helped too um you know, leaving the military, you know, and, and dealing with adversity and struggle and trying to find, you know, like, what's me, what's my place in life, you know, that helps, you know, you got to be able to focus to figure those things out, you know, you know, the different things demand different, you know, amounts of attention and effort and energy. Uh, so sure, yeah, absolutely. I could say that. I could agree with that statement. Yeah, it's just and the reason I asked that because you have such a cheerful and positive disposition and demeanor about you but yet you deal in such a heavy fucked up realm and that's so that's that was something that i, I don't know i know i've never really thought about it until we hopped on prior to this and then it just and then like the we start talking us out with all your stats there <laughs> and, and, we, and you know and there's that switch but it also i'm you know and 
I guess if anything, just wanted to wanted to get inside your mind to see how other people that might not be dealing in this particular aspect could, you know, benefit from having that separation of, you know, those roles. And when you go, you know, it's like different hats on, but I think that it would be really hard not to have that like permeate. Like I know that it's like even, yeah, it's time to switch a hat, but dealing with something this heavy, it would seem like it would, uh, I know the fact that it hasn't like crushed your soul is a testament to like how strong and good of a human being that you are. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that, you know, and, and I guess this is going out to the viewers, you know, if, if you're looking to get into it, you know, that doesn't mean you have to, you know, kill people, you know what I'm saying? Like it isn't not, not every job in the military is killing people. You know, you have those who support the operations. You have those who are, um, you know, combat enablers, if you will, uh, yeah. Like so, like, but the same fight in human trafficking. Check the box for all seventy-two different genders that are in the military now. You know, it's just, yeah, you know, um, yeah, you know. Someone's got to like, count the beans. Someone's got to count the fucking beans, the beans and the bullets, right? <laughs> but, uh, but for the viewers who you know want to get into it, you know, if if you're more of the sensitive type, you know, more of the the uh, the emotional type, um, you know, there there are other ways to go about supporting, you know, the fight. You know, there are other ways to not immerse yourself. And and uh, how graphic, you know, the nature of it is, you know, you could just do what IT stuff, you know, you could be an IT nerd and make sure the fucking websites are up for those organizations, you know, I keep coming back around to that because, you know, a lot of people do want to get into it, but don't want to do the nitty gritty, you know, or don't want to do the, the analytical stuff and, and read about them, you know, you know, do the pattern of life analysis on somebody, you know what I'm saying, and be exposed to some of the material, you know, the child sexual abuse material, CSAM, uh, but there are, there, there are definitely other avenues of approach to being a contributor in the fight. Yeah. To not, to not have to, you know, deal with those, you know, exposures. Yeah. I can see how that would be difficult to palate for a lot of people. That's definitely uh, uh, like Matt said, we, we get on here. We're like, Oh dude, great to have you on. And then 15 minutes in, I'm like, Oh shit. I'm so bummed out. About <laughs> <even trafficking." laughs> so even just that, that tangential approach and, and, uh, giving a, a little bit of writing a check once in a while is, is enough to bum me out. I'm sure that being in that world is a, a taxing emotional state. Uh, so I guess with that, why don't we start talking about some current events? Let's start bullshit. And we specifically, we showed a little clip of uh, an Andrew Tate afterwards and kind of started laughing about the, uh, the internet troll nature that is Andrew Tate. I had run into him like years before listening to your mom's house podcast, which is a wonderful comedy podcast. If anybody likes uh, silly comedy. Um, it's also the podcast I've recommended to the most people and they've come back to me and said, what the fuck did you show me to listen to? It's, it's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> but I quite enjoyed it, but I, I've I'll seen Andrew Tate go from like being clearly a satirical douchebag to he's so, and maybe it's part of that, like, Hey, incentives matter. And this man started making a lot of money off of this. So he stopped letting the satire part out at some point and started making very serious videos down this lane. To the point that he's got this entire uh, following of, of little alpha dog wannabe ducklings behind him of these guys who <laughs> know nothing about what actually being alpha is. They just know how to talk like Andrew Tate and, and do the weird techniques he shows them. Um, but we got into like the, the human trafficking aspect of this. And this is a story I haven't really followed that close. Um, so I, I just want to see what insights you had. What What is going on with Andrew Tate? Is he a human trafficker or is he just this uh, lovable internet troll? So I'm going to be upfront. I don't know much about who this fucking guy, Angie Tate is. Um, I honestly did it. Like, I, you know, I've heard the name get thrown around, you know, right. but just 
I'm, I'm not immersed in the whole uh, like celebrity world, if you will. Um, I don't know who a lot of like the big names are, you know, outside of, you know, maybe the gun community or like the Liberty movement, you know, like I know who Ron Paul is, you know, uh, let's raise a toast to him. Yeah. You guys, but, all you know, star I don't, Ron Paul, I don't know big celebrities. <laughs> You're right. But like, I guess like outside of like the outside of the Liberty movement though. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not familiar with, you know, I'm not cultured, if you will, right? Whatever. Uh, so when I heard about Andrew Tate, the culture's you know, gross scene, anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, you wear that, wear that as a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just not my fucking thing, I guess. <laughs> um, so, but like, I heard about Andrew Tate, and I heard about like, you know, how they got a label off a pizza box that was like in a video that he made, and then authorities were able because they got tipped off as to like what the address might be based off that pizza order. Look, I don't even know how fucking true that is. Um, that is how he went but, down, and right, and, and even Thunberg took him down. Yeah, and because he it was he was responding to something that Greta Thunberg had posted, and, right, and then they <laughs> saw that the the pizza box because the Romanian authorities were after him, and they need a verification that he was actually in country. And then when he posted that video, that's when they're like, "Oh, perfect, let's go." Yeah, yeah, and but like. Again, like the, maybe this the fucking analyst to me, like, how does law enforcement not know if this guy's in or out of country? Right. You know, what records are they not freaking checking? Good point. Uh, you don't know where the fucking guy lives. Like, no one swung by his house to see if the guy's is, is know, he home? They, are the lights on? There. Yeah, like is he home? Is the light on? Right. You know, like so like like there's other there's other parts to it. And I don't mean to, you know, have like analysis paralysis to this, you know, but like there's a lot. So like when I'm going into uh whatever particular topic and I'm looking into it, like, especially running PHFP, I need to be able to see it from all, from as many angles as possible, you know, and I need to be able to articulate what each of those angles are to bring justification to whatever my opinion might be on the, on the matter. Um, so, you know, with, with lack of information in some areas and, and overemphasizing, you know, other aspects of this whole Andrew Tate thing, um, I don't, I don't know what's true and what's not. And I'm, I'm questioning everything. You know, now some things, you know, I can see just purely from the optics of, you know, watching very, very uh, small amounts of time of Andrew Tate. You know, I can I, I think I think the guy's a womanizer. You know, I think this guy is, is uh, you know, up and over, you know, about what it is to be a fucking man. But like, I don't know, like, does, does he get his hands dirty? What, what is it to be a man to some people? Right. Maybe it's making that, you know, the, that billions of dollars, the millions of dollars. The Bukadin, bro. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The Bugatti bro. And like living in another fucking country, like, Hey, well, if that's, if that's his optics of being a man, cool. But you know, for other people, maybe it's, you know, raising his sons and daughters, right. You know, or, or, or being an influence in your local community, you know, like being, being a, a father figure for like a men's club, maybe, you know, I don't know. But like from, from looking at it, I can easily say that yes, he is a womanizer. Um, I wouldn't put it past the guy, you know, to treat women a certain way. You know, and and maybe maybe try to solicit some sex acts. Um, that's just the reality of it. I mean, I mean, like if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's probably a fucking duck. You right. know, it could be a chicken. I could be wrong. You know, but it's probably a duck. Could be a goose. You know, you know but it could be but, a goose. Yeah, right? and, and and that does make a lot of sense because even. So, but that's my take on it. And especially what you're talking about, like maybe he doesn't get his hands dirty where maybe his role in this, because I know that he was he was arrested. He was held for 30 days and then they extended it due to the investigation. But he was released. Right. And as far as I know, no yeah. formal charges have been filed against him. And it makes you wonder at that point, was he, were organizations using 
his access to these women as a way, right? Um, so it's like maybe yeah. he's oh, yeah. not um, like Andrew Tate is not the actual facility, like the actual snatcher or whatnot, but he is what you would call a facilitator that, oh, it's like, I'm going to have this party, you know, and there's going to be a lot of girls here. And if a couple of them just happen to not make it home that night, then we don't know what happened. Right. Or yeah. setting up things like it, it makes you want Romania parties get crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Cause I know like when I first got introduced to Andrew Tate was from your mom's house podcast and they'd come across some TikTok or whatever. I think it was even before TikTok was online. So whatever the vine or whatever was, was popular then. Uh, and he, he makes basically videos leaning into being a, a massive misogynist uh, and a douchebag about money. So like uh, one of the big ones they, I, I remember is him talking about the sparkling water. I only drink sparkling water, still waters for poor people, poor people drink you know just dumb stuff yeah. like that and that was back in the day when he would say that and then you would see him kind of like look off camera probably to his brother that's also getting in trouble for all this and give a little giggle uh so there is at least a possibility i'm by no means saying that i think andrew tate is innocent or not a douchebag <laughs> but i think it is possible that he's found a way to make all this money through internet fame and he's continuing to lean oh, into it to the yeah point where absolutely he's himself arrested yeah. for human trafficking and it's like you realize how dangerous of a game you're playing, sir? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and and maybe he had these wow. women signing NDAs. You know, when they're when they're walking into his house, you know, whatever. Or maybe maybe he's just fucking in cahoots with the government too, and just knows somebody higher up. You know, that's entirely possible. Also, when you're just a very wealthy guy in an area, you know that you know people up there, right up there at that level. Um, it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, it just came out recently that the Biden administration had, had paid several influencers during campaign season. I don't think they're the first ones to do it either. There's all sorts right. of 14 year olds exactly. spouting political views on the Internet for money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, like, it's just there's, there's, I think there's more unanswered questions and there's and there's there's more gray <clears throat> areas than there are things that we know about, you know, for uh, to make to make a decision on that. Can you guys yeah, but- still hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, here you're just fine. Okay, all right, cool. All right. Yeah, I know that that's totally fair. Um, and that was and uh for all of those that would really like a good laugh, I recommend that you go watch the Andrew Tate uh Megan Fox or Hulk Hogan video on YouTube. It's two <laughs> oh minutes God. and uh it's like, in his fucking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> stuff cracks me up so much. Um, all right, so let's shift gears a little bit back to what you're up to, man. Um you also run another Instagram page called Rifles and Harvest. Um, I like that one. Yeah, I, I like do. guns. I like dirt. I like food. I like bullets. I like all of those things. So uh, what's up? Tell us what's up with that. <clears throat> wow. Okay. I didn't think I'd go into that. But all right. So Rifles and Harvest is, and you know, Rifles and Harvest, it's the Rifles and Harvest Project. That's the whole thing. Uh, but the Rifles and Harvest Project is about, is about, keeping whatever freedoms we have left and being self-sufficient, right? And our motto is, may your rifles be loaded and soil be rich, all right? And I think a huge part, a huge part of wanting to be free is actually, here we go again saying this, being about it and, you know, taking up the responsibility of what it is to be free, right? Shortening your supply chain, being as self-reliant as possible. And when I say be free, truly living free, right? Homeschool your fucking kids. All right. Uh, grow your own food. Right. Know how to use a rifle. All right. I think it's our duty as as free Americans. And it, it doesn't just go for Americans. Right. If, if you have you know access to firearms and you're a listener from another country, 
you know, whatever your, whatever your background is. All right. But if you want to be free, you need to truly do what it takes and put in the, and it's a lot of work, but you need to put in that work to be free, right? Being free is not something, you know, it's not, it's not just a title, right? It's, it's, it requires a lot, it requires a lot of work and a lot of aspects of someone's life in order for them to truly want to be free. Um, and so that's what kind of Rifles and Harvest is about, right? It's about, you know, sharing information, kind of like what I do with PHFP, right? I'm always sharing information and statistical facts. You know, it's not always about the memes, you know, and it's not always about, you know, whatever cool graphic it might be, right? But, and so Rifles and Harvest is very similar to that aspect where, you know, I'm sharing informational posts on gear, uh, what it is to be a minute man, you know, I think, and I don't want to say that in a very cliche way, you know, but like, seriously, like it's what it means to, what it means to back up your freedom and protect it, right? The rest of the constitution is held up. I don't want to say constitution. Let me, let me rephrase that. Your bill of rights is fucking held up by the second amendment. Like no ifs, ands, or buts. And there's a reason why the second amendment is second after the first amendment where, you know, if talking can't, you know, and, and, and diplomacy cannot, you know, uphold your rights. All right. You have that second amendment, which holds the government accountable. All right. And I guess, now we're going to get into the Constitution a little bit, but like the Constitution is not for us. The Bill of Rights is not for us. These are all things that are for the government to help keep them in place and hold them accountable, right, on behalf of us, right? So like when you start to break it down and when you start to look at it like that, you, you, you get more of a real sense of, okay, like this is what it is to be free. We the people are in power. Um, my decisions are for myself. I shouldn't be making any decisions for anybody else, you know what I'm saying, except when it comes to maybe like global protection, uh, or I guess our protection, you know, from the rest of the globe or our protection, you know, against others who may harm against us, right? And this is also going to coincide with the non-aggression principle, right? Don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff, right? That aspect is really big too when it comes to the Rifles and Harvest Project. So, but um, now I'm just going on a tangent now. But, uh, but like, yeah, the Rifles and Harvest Project is about, you know, preserving what little rights we have left and being self-reliant. That's very cool. So it's a, a community kind of based on the idea of becoming more self-reliant in general. Is this something that is simply your page or is it, it a share back and forth? Is it kind of a, a online community of people? No. So it's, it's just me. Um, I'm just running it. Um, uh, it's, it's also, uh, well, yeah, you know, it's just me. It's just me and my, and my, my significant other, um, <clears throat> you know, it's just us and it's, it's, we're just doing the things that we want to do, you know, naturally for ourselves. So it, it, it doesn't feel like a burden running this page or anything like that. Um, I'm always at the range. I'm always shooting. I'm, I, you know, I tinker with guns. Um, you know, I'm, I'm building up a receivers and whatnot, you know. Uh, and, you know, I'm spending time in the garden. You know, I'm always looking for ways to improve my garden. But, like, the I guess the big thing about it is that we're learning in the process, you know. Um, I'm originally from New York, you know. I, I live in a fucking, or I used to live in a fucking communist state, you know, where I didn't have the fucking gun rights and you don't have the space available to, uh, to have, you know, a nice elaborate garden, you know, to put food in your table. You know, you rely on that supply chain. You rely on that government assistance in, in a lot of ways. Right. And and you don't uphold your responsibilities that that's required from freedom or that's required of freedom, you know? So it's, it's a combination of, you know, teaching people and, but, also like my journey and watching me learn and, and I want people to learn through my mistakes, you know, uh, we are making mistakes, you know, all the time, you know, from this, uh, but it's, they're always learning lessons though, you know, and I just want to pass that on. I always want to share that knowledge and just help other people who want to be free. Just, you know, just be about it. 
you know. How early did that hit you? Being, I were you born and raised in New York? Yeah, yeah, I was born and raised in New York. Yep, I was born and raised in so, Long Island, more specifically. I don't want people to think New York City. Fair <laughs> enough. Put <laughs> <laughs> it out there. I love the distinction. When, it's like, I'm not from New York City. Okay, I'm from Long Island. <laughs> yeah. Something everybody in New York yeah. City says the opposite way with equal disdain. <laughs> Nobody wants yeah. to each other. When uh as a somebody who grew up in, in an area like that, when when did you start feeling like you were opening your eyes to wanting to be more secluded, more more in touch with nature and, and starting to or was it something that was maybe instilled in your family? Even I guess to, I was assuming New York City as I formulated this question. So maybe it's a moot point. But was this something you discovered later in life and and started wanting to branch out and become this more uh, self-reliant person uh, that was a little bit different from your environment? Or is it something that was kind of instilled in you early on? No, this is not instilled early on. So <clears throat> growing up, I'll fast forward past the childhood, um, you know, part of my life. But, you know, 9-11 happens. I want to join the military ever since I was a kid. I do that. I'm kind of give. I'm kind of going to give you like a, a, a timeline of events, if you will, um, instead of just getting to the point because this is this is going to make it all make sense. So I joined the military, um, and and growing up, you know, we're seen as like, oh, you know, rich people are bad, you know, rich people are evil, this and that, you know, but never learn. We're never asked the question to see how. Well, how do we become rich? How do I put in the work? Um, you know, maybe grow a business or you know do better for myself. It's always like you know just leech off the government. Uh, these, you know, welfare programs and, you know, growing up in, you know, subpar areas of, of Long Island. Um, and so like, then I joined the military. Some would say all of Long the... Island's a subpar area, but continue. Yeah. Well, <laughs> without without betraying like too much, like we're, because I know that there's like a huge chunk of New York City that is in Long Island. So you were from like the Long Island part of Long Island, right? You're not... Right. Or right. are you um, from like, so, or are you just, you from Brooklyn and you don't want to say it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Right. So I'm not from the boroughs that, re, that, that <laughs> okay. sit on land, right? Be in Brooklyn and Queens. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm actually from, uh, I would say a lot further down the, I'm, I'm a lot further down the island, but I'm not in the uppity part, you know, like in the Hamptons or, you gotcha. know, Montauk or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You get, you get too uh, close to the water. It gets expensive to own property. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I joined the military, right? I'm thinking I'm doing something good for my country. And I think at this point now, like I'm, I'm a fucking statist, right? I'm like all about, you know, the military and the military industrial complex and, uh, you know, spreading democracy, right? And, and thinking I'm doing good for the world and thinking I'm doing great for this country uh, until I go to Afghanistan. Go to Afghanistan and I go through some experiences. It really opens my eyes as to, you know, what the fuck are we really out here for? What does this do for people back home, et cetera? Um, and that kind of challenges that 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 way of thinking for me. Uh, fast forward, I'm on my way out of the military, and I start to establish myself, you know, as a civilian again. Um, and so, in that process, you know, I become a homeowner, right? I buy a house, and I think through buying a house and by becoming a homeowner, I'm able to see why it's so important for me to live free, because I don't want people to tell me what to fucking do in my house. I don't want an HOA to fucking tell me how I need to live my life and you know, where my garbage cans have to be like, fuck you, I pay my mortgage, fuck you, I pay my bills, not you. Why do you get to tell me what I need to do? And you tax me for every little bit, right? You're getting your fucking chunk out of this. Like, what else do you want out of this? Control. You know, I'm just ultimate trying, control. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, you know that. The yeah. ultimate, like, authoritarian center, um, the manifestation of that is the HOA board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, 
Dude, yeah, man, no fucking kidding. And so, like, so I guess becoming a homeowner was really like opening my eyes to and living down here in Texas because uh, I chose to live in Texas because I could, you know, be way more free compared to New York or, you know, California or Florida or whatever it may be. Or like, let me say Miami, you know, because I was looking at Miami for a little bit. So, but <clears throat> outside of those areas, right, you can just live way more free. You can do the things you want to do and exploit the hobbies that you might have, you know, and have fun and just live your life and also not live check to check too. Um, and so, yeah, dude, I started doing that and that really just like took a dive into this and then, uh, you know, starting to read, but like actually reading fucking books, you know what I'm saying? Opening up, turning the pages, going through there, not just, you know, taking what it is for, you know, what we see on the internet or from these news articles everywhere. And like, there's great information on the internet, but like, it's just as easily as you can run into good information. You can also run into construed information or a half truth, you know, or, just wrong information, you know, and, and alternative if you don't know how facts, to research, okay, they're not, they're not right. <laughs> alternative facts, sir. My truth. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, uh, but like actually reading and, you know, it's just like, I'll read through a book and you kind of get to the end section where it's like, all right, the author got all of their information from these books. And then I'll go into those books and I'll generate my next reading list off of those books you know, and so on and so forth. So you start with one book, but when you're done with that book, you might end up with like four more other books to read. You're done with those four books, but now you end up with like 36 books to read, you know, and you start going down like this, just, just information like whole, you know, and it's just, but it's all old text. It's all like, you know, for example, like I'm really into American founding history, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's really important for me, right? How do, how am I going to know how to be free if I'm not reading what these gentlemen are, or, you know, what, what they lived through, you know, the mistakes that they had to go through, uh, the learning lessons, who they've spoken with, um, the conversations that happened amongst these people, not just reading, you know, the constitution, like, that's great. Like start there, but you know, maybe reading the federalist papers and the anti-federalist papers, you know, on right. top of that, or maybe reading correspondences between, uh, John Adams and, and, uh, Thomas Jefferson, right. They wrote a lot together, you know, saying, or to each other. You know, so like reading correspondence and, and seeing how, how they think, you know, truly outside of that uh, congregation, you know what I'm saying? Um, anyways, I guess point being like reading has absolutely taken me to where I'm at now. Um, and and now where I'm at, I I now see that, you know, you need to actually be about it. You need to exercise your freedoms. If you're not exercising what it is to be free, you know, you're, you're not doing any good for yourself you know, let alone a community, you know, how, how the hell are you going to help your, help your community? You know, if you're, if you're not, if you're not doing it for yourself, you're like, what are you going to contribute to your community? And I'm not saying like, like community is the answer, you know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, I'm very anarchist for myself, you know, but I'm very minarchist when I realize, you know, just the reality of things and humans are humans, you know, I'm very minarchist for society, um, a very minimal amount of government for society. Um, but absolutely living free for, you know, oneself if they, if they choose to do so. Uh, and the more I live free and, and the more I do the things that I do to, you know, be self-reliant, the more I see like, you know, I don't fucking need, you know, a government over me, you know what I'm saying? Especially if I'm not hurting people or taking people's stuff. Like, what does it matter if I have a machine gun? If I have a machine gun, like before someone fucking calls the ATF on me, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, what does it, what does it matter that someone may have a machine gun? You know, or someone that may have a cannon or a tank in their fucking backyard, if they're not hurting anybody, right? Does it fucking matter? Because the and and that I actually had this uh, conversation with somebody the other day. It's like the potential 
for me to take a weapon and hurt somebody is not the same as me taking a weapon and hurting somebody. That's why in physics, you have potential energy and kinetic energy, right? There's, there's, that's why there's a distinct difference. Just because you are at the top of the roller coaster, you can go down. Does it mean that all of that energy will be expended that way? Now, roller coaster is a bad example because it's only got one way to go. It's like down the track, but you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) I get what you're saying. Yeah. And and I think that what you're talking about though is really important too, because um, the philosophy of freedom is really important to me and how it manifests itself. And I am one of those people that, yeah, you need to have, you need to be like somewhat proficient with firearms. Uh, You need to know, you know, you need to be able to like work through your, your uh, most common malfunctions. You should, you know, that you need to be a level, uh, like there should be some level of proficiency, but what's really going to keep you alive in this, uh, you know, this kind of like cataclysmic end times that for some reason people in our community, like ultimate, like fetishize, you know, um, what's going to keep you alive is being able to grow your own food knowing how to yeah. hunt and clean an animal that you just killed, knowing basic first aid and having a small stockpile of first aid equipment in your, like on your immediate body. Right. It's not the, and yes, I mean, there's going to be a time and a place where if, if this all happens, like the guns will be firing and whatnot, but it's also like, okay, cool. Are you so one directional? Because that's what I always think about when you talk about like Minuteman. I think it's like, uh, an American Minuteman today to me is like the modern manifestation of like an Italian Renaissance man, right? You're, you're very well-versed in all of these different things. Um, and you're able to move through the different worlds because yes, it is important to know how to use that weapon, but are you actually going to be able to plug your buddy's wounds when he gets shot? Are you going to know what he, what happens when he's bleeding profusely because something yeah, just happened, absolutely. right? And and those are, and those are the little things, right? Like I know that so much of this for for people like us, guns and firearms, they they're not like this unobtainable, scary thing because we live with them. It's part of our reality. For a lot of people, though, that's not the case. And so, learning how to take a seed and put it into good soil and get something that is nourishing out of it is going to serve you extremely well. Knowing how to do basic first aid is going to serve you extremely well. It's, it's so much more than just being able to, you know, win a gunfight. That's important, but you also have to go home after that gunfight and tend the wounds and make sure that you can eat tomorrow. So you have nourishment for the next day. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, and, and like, and even like with all that being said, like, I'm not, I'm not like a lone survivor. Like I'm not like, you know, living off the land hundred percent. I'm not off the grid, if you will, you know, right. but like, we're just like, like I said, like, I'm just here to educate people, like follow my journey, if you will. It, it might save you some, some headaches some heartache. Um, you know, but like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all work in progress. You know, I have more work cut out for me than what I've done, you know? Um, so that's not to say like by any means, you know, my speaking, you know, on behalf of perfectionism, I'm not, yeah, like, I'm not there yet. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'll ever be there because I always feel like I'm, you know, I have somewhere to improve or somewhere to, uh, to do better for myself and my family. Uh, but yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right on that. Absolutely. I think it's worth saying too, that a lot of people get this view of the, the anarchist in the cabin in the woods or rolling the stone in front of the cave at the end of the night and, and living a hundred percent, you can, you can be part of a community and still be self-sufficient. It is, you know, like you said, it's, 
is not necessarily about supplying everything. It's about shortening your supply lines, which means making connections for trading and bartering and, and relying on your neighbors and and good people and building community that's not uh, right. based on like a homogenized federal level down community where that neighbor has been living next to you for six months in their uh, partial rental department. Right, right. Absolutely. And like, I don't want people to hear anarchism or anarchy and think like, oh, like it's, you know, it's chaos and it's crazy. Like, no, no, no. Like that's, that's not in any means or that's not in any way, uh, you know, the sense of the word. It's just like trying to live without being governed, right? Having voluntary transactions amongst everybody else. You know, I can, I can live in a community, but be anarchist for myself because I will ensure, you know, that I don't, I don't want, I don't want the word community to to make it sound like i'm obligated to anybody right like communism like you're not obligated to the community you know what yeah, i'm saying or like red. like fucking reds uh, you know but like <laughs> but like i don't want there to be like this connotation where like i'm against community either like i'm not against community i'm just but i'm against that obligation i want my work to, to be done for myself for my family like that's what it is like i'm i'm not doing anything i do for other people unless it involves that voluntary transaction you know what I'm saying? And also when you're living by a non-aggression principle, I, I'm not bothering fucking, I'm not fucking bothering anybody. Like, wh- like, where's the problem? You know, and me just wanting to live by myself, not be governed. I'm not bothering nobody, right? I'm not hurting nobody or taking anybody's property, right? Anybody's extinction of life, right? So, and then like, I can still be in that community as well, right? But I want to contribute to the community or help others on my accord. That's all it is. You know, so I don't want people to think like, you know, I say anarchism for myself and I'm, I'm some fucking delinquent, you know, running a ruckus, you know, somewhere like, yes, you nah, are. Dog, don't that's lie. Not what it is. <laughs> yes, you are. That's not what it is. <laughs> Shit. But yeah, yeah, I definitely man. can get that, yeah. that view that, uh, that, and that is the classic, like, you see that in movies where like they've got the blown out house and and they spray planted the uh, anarchist A on the wall and they're like ah oh, yeah anarchy. I'm not I'm not living out of a fucking trap house now. I, got, I, I right. got a mortgage or bills to pay like right. yeah I feel like a lot of people don't get that either it's it's not that I'm saying I don't want these hierarchical systems it's saying that I'm saying I think they would form better in a natural form a more natural state and that where we fit with each other is where these systems will then begin to form and we'll find these these structures that support themselves rather than having it implanted by some central planner and just hope that uh they're smarter than all of the rest of us and they couldn't possibly miss any of right. the uh, the mistakes in the planning process we could right. only hope right. <laughs> yeah but yeah man yeah that, that was a good one that was a good fucking rabbit hole that we went down <laughs> yeah I, I i really enjoy it because um i like dirt and there's not a lot of people that i actually get to ever talk about dirt with and so it is um it's always it's always a fun thing to to rabbit hole because it is such a very like you know ninety nine percent of people that you talk to have no interest in talking about dirt compost anything like that um, additives no, to it what's the best type of worm when do you need you know like none of that stuff it it doesn't matter to most people but I I love it and so it's always nice to be able to to nerd out with other people about dirt because yeah, it's not a absolutely. It's a need of mine that doesn't go met very often, so to speak. Right, right. And if you want to live free, right, and and this like being free can definitely like lead to a conversation about dirt. Like you want to live free, all right. Now you want to start growing your own food, okay. But how are you going to do that? Are we need the plants? What do the plants need? Like, oh fuck, I can't grow them in clay. Like I need good soil. And now you start getting into soil and you start getting into composting, 
right? And composting is its own world and getting, you know, into like what type of soil is good for what types of plants or whatever, like, or where you live, right? Where you, you know, I'm going to grow things differently than how you might grow things differently, you know, based on where you live and what, Absolutely. what zone you might be in for, for growing your own food. And so like, yeah, definitely. But like becoming free, I, I would say that like, I digress a little bit again too, but like living free is almost like being a jack of all trades. You kind of have to be a jack of all trades, right? And being a jack of all trades and a master at none will always be better than a master at one. You know, I, I, I truly do believe that because especially if you want to be free, you can't just like, you can't hyper-focus on one thing. It's going to lead you to neglect so many other things that need to be accomplished in order to exercise what it is to be free, you know, and just rely on yourself, you know, or maybe a group of very close friends that you trust dearly, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, we've even done, a, I think, an entire episode on that in the past. But like, freedom is also responsibility. That you're, yes. that's the trade off. You can give all of this uh, security concerns and, and food getting on the table. You can give all that to government if you want to. I would say it's a bad idea. And as we like to lay out on the show, because of the motivations of government and the propensity of them to fail us in the past in these aspects. Uh, but that's the trade off you're yes. making is if you're taking it away from the government, somebody's still got to put food on the table. So it's at that point, it's like, who is it, man? Do you have somebody lined up? Because if you don't, you need to start paying some bills around here. Yeah, fuck yeah. And again, like I don't want this to be an echo chamber, but like there's there's levels to this shit, right? There's, there's you can go about it, you know, in different intensities. You know, you don't have to just dive into fucking like, oh fuck, what type of dirt do I need to have, or how am I going to compost? Like, you don't got to dive into that, dude. Like, you can go buy a you bag can take of this step by step. Lows, you'll be fine. <laughs> Right. You know, or you could just take it in steps. Like, you know, maybe like you just want to grow tomatoes or herbs. Like, and then that's like that. Maybe like you could grow that from the inside, you know, inside your home, you know, but like, you know, or maybe being free, like you just only want to get into firearms and exploit that and like have that be as your gateway into freedom as it was for myself, you know, but like it, it took steps to get here, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, you don't need to, you know, fucking dive into it. If you do cool. Right. More power to you. Uh, that's a good that's point as a, a starting awesome. arts point. I mean, we always, when we were growing urban college, we always grew it inside. So nobody would see that we were doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, starting a community garden. Of weed. <laughs> Just a community, no, that's a great point though. There's garden, definitely, uh, I've definitely seen that, that uh, sentiment online of like the people that are starting to wake up to Liberty. And it's like, all you need is four acres to have a fully sustainable farm. And as somebody who grew up farming, I'm like, you don't understand farming at all. You're going to need yeah. a lot more. You're going to need to be able to rotate. You're going to need to be able to replenish that soil. And I yeah. think a lot of people have this idea that like, I walk out of the city, I just build a wood cabin with my hands and my ax and I start planting crops and then I'm self-sufficient. And it's like, there's, yeah. there are levels to this game, as you put it. And you need yeah. to start somewhere, maybe a little UV light with some uh, chives on one side and rosemary on the other. Uh, so you can dude, start cooking with like, it and just learn how to grow something first. Dude, no, no freaking kidding. I mean, like I said, like I live in an HOA community, right? I don't have a big backyard. I live in like suburbia America. You know, it's, it's, I don't have, you know, rural country, you know, behind, behind this room. You know, I'm not like living out in the fucking sticks or out in the boonies. Like it's, I'm not there yet, you know, but, um, but yeah, like every, everybody can start, like if you live in, you know, an apartment building and you might have a small balcony, you can work with that. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, a small people, balcony people, fit 12, uh, 24 chickens. No problem. No, <laughs> I, maybe you're not at that chicken stage yet, you know, but <laughs> maybe you're not at that chicken stage yet, you know, but you could have a grow bag or two, you know, and like you said, like, like the little, uh, like, like the grow lights, you know, have like your little setup in a closet, <laughs> you know, Dude, those you grow can, bags can, or something else. Something I just had somebody, 
somebody gave me a grow bag recently and I've been lugging around these clay pots or plastic pots and they get like heavy. The like, pots. Those grow bags are freaking awesome that are they're a little yeah. flexible and they have handles on them. Like that is a, yep. a nice move. They're pretty sturdy. They're pretty robust. It. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've reused it two years in a row. It's been great. Yeah. And freedom, freedom, like, you know, like the rifles and harvest project, freedom isn't just, you know, in the garden. Um, I mean, you, you you could start living free, you know, by start making like your own business, you know, small business if you want to, you know, and start making money for yourself. You could live free by maybe, you know, it's getting into, uh, you know, assets, you know, and, and getting into revenue for yourself and having, you know, finding ways for money to make, uh, for finding ways for money to work for you, you know, instead of you working for somebody else, you know, it could be like getting into guns, you know, and getting into, you know, learning out about like what the second amendment might be for you, you know, and finding, you know, a group of like-minded friends, you know, that guys just want to do that together. Um, being free and exercising freedoms. Like we have, we have a lot of, we have a lot of natural born rights, you know, it, your your rights don't you know aren't be all end all you know with one particular aspect of your life you know like i said before it's it's a lot of responsibility it's a lot of responsibility in a lot of other aspects of your life so i'm sure that you know if you're one that you know wants to be more about it you know you could you could boil it down to you know starting somewhere it doesn't necessarily have to be a garden you know it have to be guns in particular those are just the two things that i focus on because i just enjoy it you know so i just right. you know i make a video as i'm going to be doing it anyways you know, and I can make content like on something I just enjoy doing. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I like that you even brushed up on financial freedom there a little bit too. I think it, we live in a system, obviously, that does not encourage that. We live in a system that encourages debt, <clears throat> independence, and and uh, going for these government grants. Um, that might even be the hardest one to, to rise above for a lot of people. And it's one that you got to start early if you want a real shot at it in life. So I, yeah, I like that you mentioned that, it. even if you're you're not out there giving the financial advice on uh, guns and, and harvest necessarily. Well, it's <laughs> scary. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. as, as somebody that made the, pl you know, made the plunge away from a wage <clears throat> to trying to work for myself, it's scary, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not easy of, either. Like, it's none, not of, easy. None, none of this stuff is easy. But at the same time, it's a lot more rewarding. And yeah, just to build on your, yours, because I, 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 my definite passion is uh, it always comes from like emergency medicine. Um, it's something that I absolutely love. I know that's not for everybody. Um you know, it's like uh, not everybody's a trauma hound, as they call, you know, they uh, one of my jobs, that's what they called me because it was always if it was, oh, it's like somebody hurt their knee. I knew a uh, stripper in college we called trauma hound. Yeah, she was good. Trauma <laughs> like, hound. Like oh, her. <laughs> she is my favorite. Um, but even then, it's just like knowing like just a basic first aid class is really good and for anybody that's really interested in kind of like the improvisation of it I recommend a wilderness first responder because they will teach you that if you can stop something from moving it is a splint you don't need a nice you know proper Sam splint that comes out of the sterilized ambulance you don't need this like if you can tie two sticks together with some shoot with your shoestrings and stop somebody's arm from moving. That is a splint, right? And it's like, yeah, and it no teaches, kidding. it teaches you to be very creative about how you get, um, how you like, I don't know, achieve your objective of getting somebody stabilized and out of the woods. Because a lot of times, like that's what we're talking about when we talk about the, um, the scenario in which you are having to actually fight for your freedom. It's not that the, the ambulance in the hospital is not right around the corner, right? Knowing how yeah. to know it and like those things are really important. It's like knowing how to put somebody's shoulder back in socket, even though you don't have drugs, it will be very painful, 
right? There will be, it will be a very unpleasant experience for everybody involved, but knowing how to do it is very important. And so, but I just recommend like just a basic first aid course. But if you are interested, like the wilderness first responder is a really, really good introduction. It'll teach you enough, right? It's plug, it's stabilize, it's go. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if medical is your thing, like just getting some, get into something just to learn about it. Like there's just so much out there to learn uh, to help you be more independent. It's, it's a lot. The sky's the limit, dude. Absolutely. Right. Well, we better well, let this man out of here. Yeah, I know that we're rushing up on a deadline. Well, very cool, man. Thanks for having uh, – thanks for coming on, dude. Um, it's always – it's always great to talk to you. It's always have to, it's always great to have you on the show. So uh, go ahead and uh, tell us where we can find you. Plug all your shit, man. Yeah, no worries. So for PHFP, you can find me at public.hangings.4.pedos. <laughs> it's a lot, right? <laughs> uh, you can look up PHFP also. Um, and at, I believe it might come up on Instagram. Uh, that That's where you can find me on Instagram for that. And then for the Rifles and Harvest Project, you can type it up just like that um, on Instagram as well. And then that might even pop up as well too. So it should pop up. I don't think that's a shadow band. It's PHFP, um, but you'll find <laughs> me there. And then I, I don't have any websites or any merch or anything for, uh, for the Rifles and Harvest Project. It's kind of like just a side project that I run for myself. Um, but for public hanging for pedophiles, you go ph-fp.com, ph-fp.com. And you can find our products there. And again, purchase anything on there it all goes to the fight against human trafficking and pedophiles that's where you can find us man thank you again for having me on here this was so fucking dope it's just like it's it's never a dull moment when i'm on here I get to sharing information and just chatting up with you guys yeah it's always great man i'm glad we got you available we had a, another guest lined up that fell through with scheduling so it was good that uh you answered the phone and hopped on here and we always love having you on too fuck yeah you weren't supposed to tell him that he was like that. You're not supposed to say that there was like oh, an excuse me, I, in I the slide. <laughs> I'm the plan B. aware that you called him after bar close last night to set this up. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let them behind. It's you know, no inside baseball, man. <laughs> the show the show works amazingly and there's no hiccups and there's never no this we're perfect. <laughs> Why would you ever say that? You're right. I was saying all people that. That was knew how much comment. was the podcast. What's that? I said if only people knew how much goes into podcasting. It's it is a lot. It is that's a whole rabbit hole in itself that I'm sure that yeah. nobody particularly cares about. They're like, shut up, just put out content, like do more for me. I need to consume. Because <laughs> that's how I feel. Anytime, like anytime that flirt cheap takes like a little break from like he hasn't like written for his substack. It's just like I love to message and be like, hey, produce content. I need to consume Get on do, it. do more for more. me. I know that you Show have a life. You got. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have a life, but do more for me. I need it now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, thanks again for coming on, dude. We always appreciate you. Um, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at some iteration of Against the Mob. Go check out the podcast sponsors in the description below. And of course, all of Mr. Hanging's information will be in the show notes as well. And with all that being said, go be about it. Go do it. Walk the walk. Talk to talk, be a little bit more free, because that's what it's all about. And remember, we fight against the mob with people over politics. See you next week. <laughs>